Thank you for tuning in. My name is Suzanne Nevin, and I'm here today with the lovely Dr. Emma Palmer from the Sydney Children's Hospital and the School of Women and Children's Health at the University of New South Wales, Sydney. We are excited to share with you today the ins and outs of an exploratory study we carried out to specifically investigate the psychosocial experiences of parents of a child with a severe genetic epilepsy, also known as a developmental and epileptic encephalopathy. Emma, can you explain please for us what a developmental and epileptic encephalopathy is? Sure. Well, the easier way to refer to these are DEE, and they represent a diverse set of chronic neurodevelopmental conditions that typically present in early childhood. They're characterized by severe treatment-resistant seizures and developmental delay and or regression. Uh, but they're much more complex than that. Enduring comorbidities include intellectual disabilities, cerebral palsy, movement disorders, and hearing and vision impairments. And can you tell us a little bit about what might cause these conditions, Emma? Sure. So DE can have a range of different causes, for example, infections, meningitis, but and strokes, but advances in genomic sequencing technology, particularly over the last 10 years, have shown us that many are actually due to an underlying genetic condition. And when we suspect that a DEE has a genetic cause, we can now achieve a genetic diagnosis in about 50% of patients. And so I'm gonna ask you a question now, what was the main problem that this study aimed to address? Um, thank you for your question. So our clinical research group, we call ourselves the CoGenes group, and it includes neurologists, clinical geneticists, and genetic counsellors. And together we recognise that being given a genetic DE diagnosis can raise many difficult issues for families, including feelings of isolation when their child is first diagnosed with a rare genetic condition, and then continued anxiety related to uncertainty about their child's future. An accurate genetic diagnosis can be a crucial first step for, to inform medical interventions for families. However, we don't know whether receiving genetic testing is personally beneficial, and the experiences of parents receiving genetic testing, including their information and support needs for their child, have not been identified. To address this gap, we interviewed 25 parents of children with a genetic DEE who received genetic testing through two pediatric hospitals in Sydney. 65% of the participating parents had received a genetic diagnosis for their child, and 35% of parents remained without a confirmed diagnosis, which has also been referred to as a diagnostic odyssey. So the main objectives in carrying out this study were to investigate parents' experience undergoing genetic testing and counselling for their child's genetic DE, as well as to identify their information and support needs during different stages before, during and after they received genetic testing for their child's DE. And we also assess the impact of genetic testing on quality of life outcomes, as well as parents' satisfaction with the genetic services they received. And what did you find? So our findings shed light on some very interesting topics, which we've expanded on further in the manuscript publication. Importantly, both the qualitative and the quantitative results converge to clearly show us three main points. Firstly, parents confirmed that genetic testing and counselling comprised an important part of their child's DEE management. 
So for example, receiving an accurate genetic diagnosis often gave families more informed prognostication information, and parents emphasized the value of compassionate genetic counseling to help them understand their child's rare genetic condition. However, many parents received genetic testing in the acute care setting when their child was in the intensive care unit. While being able to access testing in this setting was considered critical to offer clues for potential therapies for their infant child, parents also emphasized the importance of clinicians understanding the extremely sensitive and fragile emotional states they were in during this time. Ongoing genetic counseling and specialist psychological services are required so here's a quote from one of the parents that really illustrates this theme. Having that sort of support, especially when parents are first getting their diagnosis for their child and first getting all of their information, that person-to-person -person support is really important, just so you don't feel alone and lost. You feel like you're just floating in a sea of information and you don't know what to do with it. Secondly, Parents highlighted that the uncertainty associated with their child's ultra-rare genetic DE raised specific issues. Often parents struggle to cope with their child's unpredictable, life-threatening seizures, combined with limited insight into how the progression of their child's genetic diagnosis would impact their child's future. A challenge universally reported was the lack of established care pathways for their child's multifaceted and complex genetic DE diagnosis. Parents often felt helpless fighting a relentless battle for the sports their child so desperately needed. They highlighted the need for diagnosis-specific and digestible information resources to help them to communicate their child's needs and to explain their child's genetic diagnosis to other individuals. As one parent described, As a parent of a young child with a diagnosis, you feel really alone. Your child is needing so much medical care that you don't necessarily have time for friends. You don't necessarily know anybody else that's on your journey. If you've got patients who are newly diagnosed, give them information about genetic epilepsy, but also have someone touch base so that the parents don't feel so alone, so anxious or so stressed. Thirdly, despite the difficulties parents often encountered, they also became experts in their child's condition. And after acquiring experience over the course of their child's traje trajectory, they sometimes knew even more than their expert medical professionals. However, this expert position did not necessarily sit well with families. Many parents experienced extreme isolation, ongoing loneliness, and they also expressed a strong need to connect and to interact with other parents who are going through similar experiences in raising a child with a rare genetic DE. For example, one parent said, Go out there and find people. Not necessarily just people who have the same diagnosis. Go out there and find people who are already running their own marathon. Find out what they're doing and get connected. Thanks, Suzanne. That was a great summary of your paper. So the burning question is, where to next? So stay tuned. Our team are continuing to engage with families of children with genetic epilepsy. And most recently, we've been working to co-design positive psychology resources to support families of a child with a DE along the course of their caregiving journey. We've recently run an international pilot assessing the acceptability and emotional impact of these resources. Once we modify them to include some suggestions provided by the parents who completed the pilot study, we will be making these resources openly accessible to families, incorporating positive psychology resources into the standard care for families affected with rare genetic DE. Thank you to the families who participated in this research. 
to read our online article published in the journal Developmental Medicine and Child Neurology, please follow the link provided in the show notes.